In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, we're going to have maybe a couple weeks and discuss um, the importance of the Igbeya. So the Igbeya is the book of prayer that we use in the church. Um, and it's something that we use both personally, like that we can use and pray with at home, and also in the church itself for liturgical use. We use it in um, the liturgy, um, and we're going to speak a little bit about that. So there's seven main things I want to talk about. The first one is what is it, the Igbeya? How do we use it? What is the biblical foundation of it? The structure, um, the structure of each hour, how it was written, and then finally the spiritual benefits that we can have um, from it. So first we're going to speak about what is it. So the word Egbeya is a Coptic word, and the word means a book of hours or according to the hours. So it is uh, uh, a book that has prayers in it that we pray um, at different times of the day. Um, there's there's technically eight prayers um, in it. Seven of them are intended for everyone to use, and there's one hour that's intended only for um, the monks um, to use. Uh, here's a screenshot of the beginning of the first hour prayer. This is from the app Coptic Reader that we use um, in the church. It's available also for people to pray um, uh, with in their homes. Um, so this is this is the the origin of the word Egbeya. Um, it's also called the Book of Hours, and also the Eastern Orthodox Church also um, has uh, a book that they call the Book of Hours um, as well. So it's very similar in that sense. How do we use it? Um, so there's different prayers I mentioned inside it. The first is um, at 6 a.m., the morning prayer, which is also called the Prime. Um, it should be said upon waking up in the morning. So each of these prayers has like a specific time of day that they should be prayed. Um, of course, ideally, um, but most people are not available to pray at all of these hours of the day. Um, so if we can pray the whole Egbeya, we can find ways to pray it by combining hours together. So, you know, someone might pray the first and the third hour um, in the morning before they go to, to work. And then when they come home from work, they can pray the sixth and the ninth hour. And then um, before they go to bed, they can pray the 11th or 12th hour. And then also the midnight prayers can be prayed um, in the middle of the night. You know, there are some people actually that will wake up in the middle of the night to pray the midnight prayer. Um, the idea here is not that we necessarily have to pray the whole thing. It's not like an all or nothing approach. But whatever it is that we can pray from the Egbeya, we benefit. And we'll speak more about that. So the first prayer is 6 a.m., the morning prayer. The 9 a.m. prayer is we call it the third hour prayer. Noon is the sixth hour prayer. 3 p.m. is the ninth hour prayer. Um, and then the sunset prayer, which is the 11th hour, is prayed in the early evening. 9 p.m. is the 12th hour prayer, prayed before bedtime. Um, the midnight prayer, and the midnight prayer has three sections to it. Each of the three sections is called the three watches. And then there's a, a prayer called the veil, um, which is specifically prayed by the monks. And if you've ever been to the monastery, um, they will pray it there, um, the veil prayer. It is also used in the liturgy. So we pray the, the psalms from the Egbeya and the litanies of the Egbeya, the gospels of the Egbeya. We pray them um, in the liturgy um, right before the offering of the lamb. And the reason is why. Because the offering of the lamb is symbolic to uh, the incarnation of Christ. Because the, the lamb, the bread that we pray on, 
which is the Lord Jesus Christ, becomes through the sacrament, becomes the body of Christ. So the choosing of the lamb in the uh, liturgy is, a sim is symbolic of the incarnation. So immediately before the incarnation, we are praying the psalms from the Agbeya, which are prophetical. There are many psalms that are, we call them messianic psalms. They are prophetical of the coming of the Messiah. So we pray the psalms, and then we choose the lamb, which is representing the incarnation. This is why, actually, if for whatever reason, the orban that's being uh, made is delayed and is not actually present in the church at the time when it is the time to pray the psalms, you're, you're supposed to just wait, wait for the, um, the, the bread to come. So then you can pray the psalms because there's a link between the presence of the bread in the church and the psalms that are being prayed. On Saturdays and Sundays and during non-fasting periods, the church prays the third and the sixth hours of the Agbeya, um before the liturgy, meaning before the, the offering of the lamb, not before the liturgy like early, early in the morning, before the offering of the lamb. The, the, the amount of the prayers that are prayed have to do with the timing of the day, okay? On, week, on weekends and on non-fasting days, the liturgies are prayed in the morning, like at the normal time that we're used to praying. So if you go back here to the timing, okay, so you have the, the third hour prayer and the sixth hour prayer. The morning prayer is supposed to be prayed before, so it's actually prayed before the liturgy even begins. But in the liturgy, um, the third hour and the sixth hour prayer, so you, so you notice that they're supposed to be prayed at 9 a.m. and noon. So that's approximately the time when we would be praying the liturgy and the liturgy would end and so on. So during non-fasting times and during times on Saturdays and Sundays um, where the liturgies are in the morning, this is the hours of, of the of the Agbeya that would be prayed, the third hour and the sixth hour, okay? During fasting days, like right now, we are in the uh, fast of the nativity. So if you were to attend a weekday prayer, all right, a weekday prayer, there's during the, the weekdays, there's a period of abstinence in the morning. So uh, uh, typically, we don't necessarily do this, but typically the liturgies would be later in the day. So let's say you would have a liturgy that would be closer to noon or around that time. In that case, you would pray the ninth hour as well. So that's why when you, when you attend a, a liturgy on a weekday um, during a fasting time or a fasting day, you pray the third, sixth, and the ninth hour. Okay. During the great fast, the liturgies are supposed to be even later. Like you could have liturgies that start at 4 p.m., on the great fast because the period of abstinence where in the fast you don't eat or drink in the morning is a very long period of time. So the liturgies are, are late. And so because the liturgies are late during the weekdays of the great fast and also Jonah's fast, you would pray the third, the sixth, the ninth, the eleventh, and the twelfth hour, the Igbeya. Okay, so all of those hours are prayed in the liturgy on weekdays. And if you're in the monastery, they pray the veil also. Okay? So that's kind of roughly the rule that determines how many hours of the Agbeya that you pray in the liturgy. It's based on the, the day of the week, and it's based on the fasting period, whether there's fasting or not, and what kind of fast. All, and it's all tied to the abstinence. So whenever there's abstinence, the liturgies are supposed to be later in the day. And so the later the liturgy is, the more hours of the Agbeya you would be praying all together uh, in the liturgy. Biblical foundation. 
of the Agbeya. In Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In the early church, um, psalms were used uh, extensively in prayer, in, in singing spiritual songs. The, songs. the psalms are poems, and the, songs, the psalms are, are songs to be sung. And actually, they would be sung even uh, accompanied with musical instruments um, at the time. And so the church from the very beginning prayed the psalms at certain hours in, um, at the temple. And this was actually a Jewish practice even from before um, the church began, even in the Old Testament. Um, the book of Acts recorded that the believers were continually continuing daily with one accord in the temple, praising God. The Holy Spirit descended on the day of Pentecost while they were praying the third at the third hour. So it says in the Bible they were praying the third hour. Now the third hour doesn't mean the Agbeya third hour, okay, because it didn't exist at that time. But there were Jewish prayers and psalms that were accustomed to be prayed at different hours of the day, okay, even from the Jewish times back then. And so it says that on the time of the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down upon them, they were all gathered together in the upper room. They were praying at the time of the third hour. In Acts chapter 10, when St. Peter went up on the housetop to pray, it said he was praying at the time of the sixth hour. And then Peter and John, when they went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, it says that it was at the ninth hour and healed the lame man from his mother's womb. Also Cornelius, he saw an angel appeared to him while he was praying at the ninth hour. The apostles Paul and Silas prayed at midnight while they were imprisoned in Philippi. Okay, So the idea that you have distinct times of prayer is a very ancient practice, and it was something that was done even from before Christianity. And so the idea of praying at these times um, was something that continued into Christianity, but the type of prayer that was prayed and the content of the prayer changed, but it was put together in the book that we now call the Agbeya or the Book of Prayer. Um, the idea that we have seven prayers that are prayed by lay people, the, the eighth one, like I said, is the veil, which is for the monks. The, the idea that we pray seven times comes from the idea of, in Psalm 119, 164, it, it when, when, when it says, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. So it's like King David is saying, I'm, pra I'm praising you seven times a day, which of course doesn't literally mean seven times. The number seven is like a number of perfection, which means like continually, right, that we are praising God continually. But we took it as a number seven, saying, okay, we will have seven times a, a day where there will be prayer. And, and as I said, there will be specific times of the day where these prayers should be prayed. But of course, for practical reasons, um, most people are not available to be praying all of these prayers at that time. So we combine prayers together um, to be able to pray the whole thing. Uh, the idea of praying the Agbeya is important. Um, you know, sometimes we look at it and we're like, okay, this is too many prayers. How is it that I could get used to the idea of, of praying this much or I don't have the time and so on. But it's important to start like even if we can't pray the seven prayers from the beginning, we can start with one. Say start with one and say, okay, I'm going to, at a time that's most convenient for me, start praying one of the prayers 
and get used to that. Make that into a habit that is a part of my day. I'm going to be praying this prayer every day, every day, every day. And then once that becomes a habit, then I can try to add a second one. So typically, um, most Orthodox Christians will be praying a prayer in the morning, say the first hour, and then a prayer in the evening, the 12th hour, and that will be like, like the baseline. Okay, We're at least praying in the morning and the evening. If we can afford the time, and if we, we, s we are trying to grow beyond that, we can start adding additional prayers, whether it's still those same two times, but we're adding more prayers, or whether there's a third time as well that's added in the middle. Um, of course, uh, it's up to the schedule and the availability um, of each person. But the idea of learning to pray with the Igbe is very important, and I'm going to talk more about the, like the spirituality um, of the Igbeya um, in a little bit. The structure of the Igbeya. Okay, so as I said, and here you can see in, um, yeah, I'll show you here in Coptic Reader. Okay, so you can see here the first, third, sixth, ninth, eleventh, and twelfth, um, and the veil and midnight, and the this one here that says prayers is additional prayers for like specific things. Like if you want to, like there's prayers there that can be prayed before communion. There's prayers to be prayed after communion. There's prayers to pray before confession and after confession. There's prayers you can pray like when you want to ask God for help in something. Um, all of there's like all these um, are prayers there. Um, the first hour prayer, okay, is designed to be prayed early, right, um, in the morning at like the coming of the dawn, right, because it speaks about the light and how Jesus Christ is the light and so just as we arise in the morning and we see the sun rising and the light that is shining upon us we are remembering that Christ is the light um, of the world the prime is mainly associated with the eternity of God his incarnation his resurrection from the dead um, and it's intended to offer thanks to him for raising us from sleep asking him to shine upon us, enlighten our lives, and grant us the power of his resurrection. So each of these hours has like a theme, okay? And the, the gospel reading, the litanies, and I'm going to talk about the structure of the Agbeya in a little bit, um, as well as the Psalms kind of all fit kind of a theme. And this is the theme of the, the prime. Like just think about it as, as the sun is rising and the light is shining into the, into the darkness, we are remembering the, the light of Christ, the resurrection from the dead, the incarnation of the Lord, and so on. And we are thanking him for raising us from sleep, that we ourselves are rising up just as the light is rising. The third hour, it commemorates three significant events. The first one is the trial of Christ by Pontius Pilate, his ascension into the heavens, and the descent of the Holy Spirit to cleanse our hearts and renew our lives. And as I said earlier, that the disciples were praying at the third hour, at the time when the Holy Spirit came. Okay, So just as they were praying at that time of the day, in the third hour, so also at the third hour we are like commemorating this and we are, we are remembering this. The sixth hour reminds us of the crucifixion and passion of Christ, and we pray that through his life-giving passion, he may deliver us, deliver our minds from lust, turn our thoughts to the remembrance of his commandments, and make us, uh, make us a light uh, of the world and a salt of the earth. These themes are all found, again, in the gospel readings and the litanies that are prayed in the Psalms um, and so on. And again, the sixth hour 
it it corresponds to the time of the day where the Lord Jesus Christ um, was was like uh, was being was suffering. Okay, the time that he was being scourged, the time that he was take carrying his cross in order to be crucified, that was the time of day where this happened. The ninth hour commemorates the redemptive death of Christ in the flesh on the cross and his acceptance of the repentance of the thief. And again, this was the time of day where the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. It was at the ninth hour of the day. We pray that the Savior may mortify our carnal lusts make us partakers of his grace, and accept our repentance when we cry out with the thief, remember us, O Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Many of the prayers of this hour are focusing on um, the repentance of the thief, and we're asking God to accept our repentance just as he accepted the repentance of the right-hand thief. The 11th hour, which is also called Vespers, not to be confused with the actual Vesper prayer that is done like that we pray on Saturday night before the liturgy that's we call that vespers as well but this is not the same thing this is the time of day which is like the evening prayer um, the early evening which is the vespers the vespers or the 11th hour is associated with the act of taking down Christ's body from the cross again because this was the time of day where that happened at the end of the day we give thanks for God's protection and confess our sins with the prodigal son that we may be counted among the laborers who were called at the 11th hour of the day. Finally, the 12th hour, um, we call it also complying or retiring, commemorates the burial of Christ. It is at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of the life of Christ, he, he was buried. This is at the end of the day, and we are commemorating the burial of Christ. We remember the passing world and the final judgment, so we're focusing on the end. Mindful of our imminent standing before God, we ask forgiveness of our sins and protection through the night. The midnight hour, it commemorates the second coming. All the readings are speaking about being watchful, waiting for the second coming, waiting for the time when the Lord is going to come. For instance, we speak about the famous parable of the five uh, wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. And comparing that to understand how the Lord said that this was likening it to the second coming, how the, the foolish virgins were, um, were not ready or prepared. And when the, the bridegroom came, they were not able to enter with him because they were unprepared. But the five wise virgins who were prepared and had oil with them, they were able to enter. This is, again, all speaking about the second coming. So we commemorate this and we remember this um, at this time. And then finally, as I mentioned, uh, the veil prayer is prayed by monks. It is focusing on examining the heart. It's focusing on leaving behind the lusts of the world um, and to focus on God um, only. The structure of each hour. Okay, so I'm going to show this, and then we'll actually open up Coptic Reader and kind of look through it. Here is the basic structure. First, there is an introduction, which is the introduction of every hour. Then there is the thanksgiving prayer. It's always there at the beginning. Psalm 50, which is a psalm of repentance of King David. One thing uh, that I want to mention is, in the Agbeya, the numbering of the psalms is not the same as the numbering of the psalms in the Bible. And that's because the psalms from the Agbeya are using the Septuagint version. And I'm not going to go through all of that. We've, I've discussed it before. Um, 
in, in like the previous talks about the difference between the Septuagint version and the New King James version that we use. Um, but they're two different versions and they have different numberings um, of the Psalms. So that's why here in the Igbeya, you will find that the numbering of the Psalms is not matching the numberings of the Psalms from the New King James. Okay, And so for in the Bible, Psalm 50, that we call Psalm 50 here, is actually Psalm 51. So Psalm 50 is a prayer of repentance by King David, so that's also said for every hour. And then there are typically 12 psalms. Um, in most of the hours, there are 12 psalms. Uh, and then there is the gospel and litanies. Some hours have three litanies, which are like short prayers, um, or six litanies. And then some of the hours have the, the ones in brackets, are kind of are ones that only show up in the first hour and the twelfth hour. The, the other hours do not have um, these prayers, which is the Gloria um, that we pray in Matins, let us praise with the angels, or the prayer graciously accord that we say during Vespers, the Trisagion, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, our Father, hail to you, it's a prayer for St. Mary, um, an introduction to the Creed, and then the Creed. Okay, so those ones that are in the brackets, are not present in every hour. And then we uh, say, Lord, have mercy 41 times. Does anyone know why we say it 41 times? Yes. So the 41 is representing the sufferings of Christ. And for each time the Lord is suffering, we are saying, Lord, have mercy. He was lashed 39 times by the Romans before the crucifixion. He was given the crown of thorns on his head, and a spear was struck in his side. Those count up to be the 41. Okay, So we say 41 times, remembering the suffering of the Lord. And then we say a prayer that's called Holy, Holy, Holy afterward. And then every um, hour has an absolution, and then there is the conclusion of the hour. If you were to pray multiple hours together, um, the introduction and the thanksgiving prayer and Psalm 50 as well as the conclusion at the end, you would only pray those once. So that would be prayed at the beginning, and then you would pray all of the hours you're going to pray, and then at the end you would pray the conclusion one time. Okay. Um, I want to show you this uh, here. So let's open up the third hour to show you. So this is the introduction, and then Our Father, and then the Thanksgiving prayer. And you can see it here. And then Psalm 50 comes after it. And after Psalm 50, there is Psalms. So here there are 12 Psalms that show up here, 12 Psalms. And when you pray, you don't have to pray every Psalm. Typically, you pick two or three Psalms, and you would pray them. You know, you'd, you'd say them out loud. Um, and that would be, for each hour, sufficient. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why, why there's 12. Um, then after this, you would pray the gospel. You would read the gospel reading for the hour. And then there's these litanies, okay, these short prayers. So this hour has six litanies. And then you say, after that, the, um, the 41, Lord have mercies here. 41, Lord have mercies. And then holy, 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 our Father again, and then the absolution. And if you were done with this hour, you would pray this conclusion at the end. And then afterward, um, you would pray like a, your own personal prayer. 
And I do want to emphasize this, that the Agbeya is not designed to replace your personal prayer. It's not like this is the only prayer we should pray, and as long as we're praying with the Agbeya, then it's sufficient. The Agbeya is trying to teach us how to pray so that it makes our personal prayers deeper, more focused. Um, maybe, maybe we're asking God for more things than maybe we would otherwise. I remember there was a time when I was teaching um, like a group of youth, and we would pray, or we had like a, a youth meeting, and at the beginning of the meeting, we would uh, pray with the Agbeya. And so the youth didn't like to pray with the Agbeya. Um, they wanted that we just pray a, like a private personal prayer, that everyone could just pray like a personal prayer. And I told them, if you try to pray a personal prayer, your personal prayer will be like not even like one minute, okay? Um, but if when you pray with the Agbeya, even if you pray one of the shorter hours, it could be like 10 minutes, so the amount of time that we are praying when we are using the Agbeya is longer. And he was like, no, 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 we can do it. So I was like, okay, you pray a personal prayer out loud for five minutes. And so he started, and then he didn't have anything else to say, so it was like 10 seconds. Um, but <laughs> the point is, is that um, this helps us to pray, okay? And it teaches us how to pray. If we look at another hour that's longer, like the first hour, there's a lot of things in common. So again, you start out with the introduction and then our Father and then the Thanksgiving prayer and then Psalm 50. The first hour has um, another couple prayers that are unique to the, to just the first hour, which is this, hour, this uh, prayer here, come let us kneel down. And it's supposed to be that um, we, we bow down, we, we prostrate down three times. When we say, come, let us kneel down, let us ask Christ our God, we prostrate. Come, let us kneel down, let us beseech Christ our King, we prostrate. Come, let us kneel down, let us entreat Christ our Savior, we prostrate again. Then there is this reading from the Pauline Epistle, which is speaking about keeping the faith and having one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Um, and then another short declaration about the faith. And then we continue, as before, with the Psalms, okay, this hour has more psalms. Then the gospel. Then, the, then we have the litanies. This hour only has three litanies, not six. Then, as I said, this hour has the gloria. Let us praise with the angels, saying glory to God in the highest. After that, the trisagion. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. And then our Father. And then hail to you, we ask you, saint full of glory, the ever version, the Theotokos, the mother of Christ. We say all of these prayers at various times um, in the liturgy and in the raising of incense as well. Introduction to the creed, and then the Orthodox creed, we believe in one God, and then um, we say the 41, Lord have mercies, and then holy, 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 our Father again. This hour has two absolutions instead of just one, so they're labeled here first absolution, second absolution. There's first absolution second absolution, and then conclusion, okay? So with minor variations, okay, but the structure of every hour is the same. Okay? So I think this is a good stopping point for today. But next time, we'll explain why there's 12 Psalms. But it's a miraculous reason, actually. Um, and I'll explain in more detail what it is. Um, and we'll also speak about the spiritual benefit of praying with the Ikbeya. Does anyone have any questions so far?
other reasons why not all the hours are identical. Um, I don't know if there was, I mean, my feeling is that because the first hour and the 12th hour are predominantly what people were going to pray on a regular basis, so they were made longer because they're like what people would be praying regularly. The other hours are shorter because um, they're, I mean, I don't want to say that they're extra, but the majority of people pray the first and the 12th. So if you want to add, you're adding these other ones, but they're shorter, so it's not as, th they're not going to take as long if you want to pray them. But the, like the meat of it is the first hour and the 12th hour, and those are the ones that are the longer ones. Yeah, so if you want to see exactly how it's prayed, what I would recommend is on our YouTube page, there is the all of the Bible study videos. At the beginning of the Bible study, we pray two of the hours. We pray the 11th hour and the 12th hour. So you'll see the way it's actually prayed, like in terms of like there's certain tune that you say certain things in. And if you can't say the tune, it's okay. But you, you and how you say the responses and everything. Um, so to follow along with something like that to help you learn how to pray it um, is the best thing. So you can do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always the case that that's the way that people kept kind of like the time. So that's why even in the scripture, right, prior even to the Agbay or anything, it says that people prayed at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, right? So there was, those were like the primary ways that people, because they don't have like clocks, you know? So the way that the timing of the day was established was, was that. So, so when you say that you prayed at the third hour, people would know approximately what time of day that that was. Does that answer your question? So I think the eve is considered to be like the second half of the previous day. So it's like if you divide up the day into hours but of of the previous day so that would be the eve because in the church the beginning of the day starts in the evening not in the morning so that's why actually even the liturgical rites the we begin celebrating let's say so let's say you have a feast day let's say t today was the feast of circumcision or whatever right we would actually last night in the vespers you at once you start the vespers you actually start celebrating then so in the church, the liturgical day starts at like 6 p.m. the previous day. So that would be considered the eve of the celebration, the eve of the feast. Yeah. So, Mary, did you have a question? Okay. No, we pray it when we're fasting. Oh, no, it's a... When you have a liturgy, th in the, the time of the liturgy, you pretty much pray all of the Agbeya prayers that you should have prayed for the entire day up until that point, okay? So, for instance, 
if we have a fasting day and the fasting requires that we abstain. If we really do things the way it's supposed to be done, okay, we don't have a liturgy early in the morning because after you take communion, you're essentially breaking your fast. You're breaking your abstinence, okay? So you would have a liturgy that's later in the day, okay? So in that liturgy, instead of praying individually, like everybody to pray individually, although some people, even when there is a liturgy, they will, in addition to that, pray the Agbeya hours that they are personally praying again themselves, okay? But most people don't. Most people will just pray those Agbeya hours as a part of the liturgy, which again will pray everything that should be prayed up until that time. And then everything that's remaining in the day, that's when each of us would pray individually. Does that answer your question? You're asking why is it that we don't pray it individually? Man, it's not intended to be again. It's intended to be that's the, that's the one time that you do it. Yeah. Any other question? So the, the question is about the prostrations, okay? W prostrations are done for different reasons in the church. Um, some prostrations are for repentance, like we prostrate and we're asking God to forgive us our sins. Some prostrations are for worship, like we are bowing before God, like in humility and reverence before God. Prostrations for reverence, we do them at any time. Prostrations for repentance, we do them at certain times only. So the, the prayer, the first hour prayer that I mentioned, how it says, come let us kneel down, the reason that is uniquely in the first hour is because those prostrations should be done while we are abstaining. And if abstinence is in the morning, during fasting periods, there's a period of abstinence in the morning. So in the morning, we are saying, come, let us kneel down. We're prostrating. Okay. For instance, after we take communion, we don't prostrate for repentance because we are filled with the body of Christ and we are like joyful because Christ is in us. And so we are not prostrating to anything. We're not prostrating for repentance, okay? The prostrations for worship, there can be. So, for instance, um, on the Feast of the Pentecost, we have what's called the prostration prayer. And that prayer is, like, broken up into three prayers. And at the end of each prayer, we prostrate, and there's a prayer that we pray to God. Even though we have just taken communion, we are prostrating because it is not the, t the type of prostration that is for repentance, and we prostrate. So, if someone is wanting to do prostrations along with the Agbeya, this is the rule that we apply. You can speak to your father confession. He can give you a rule, which is how many prostrations that you should do. And those prostrations should be done in the morning and during a period of abstinence on fasting days. For instance, on Saturdays and Sundays, we consider those days to be joyful days. Sunday is a joyful day because it is the day of the resurrection. Saturday is a joyful day because it is the day that the Lord went into Hades and he uh, brought up all of the people from Hades into paradise. So it's a joyful day. That's why on Holy Week, we call that Saturday, the day right before the Feast of the Resurrection, we call it Joyous Saturday or Bright Saturday. So that's why for Saturdays and Sundays, there's no abstinence. So even though there's a fasting, like, we are f like right now, for instance, we are fasting, but we don't abstain from food in the mornings on Saturday and Sunday, and we also don't do prostrations of repentance on Saturdays and Sundays. Those prostrations are only done 
on weekdays during the abstinence period in the morning. Okay. Okay. Let's pray, and God willing, next time we'll speak more about the history of how the Igbeya came to be, of what we have now, and the spiritual benefit that we get from praying it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day and for providing us spiritual tools that we can use in order to grow closer to you. We thank you, O Lord, because you have given us in the church all of the means of salvation that are necessary for us, whether it be prayers, whether it be your word, whether it be the sacraments, everything, O God, that we need to draw closer to you and to be saved. We thank you, O God, for your mercy. We ask, O God, that you forgive us our sins and you grant us a desire to use these tools that you have given us to draw closer, to be sanctified, to be changed, and to live a life of full union with you at all times. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, and the communion of the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.